You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast Network. My name is Mark Seaman. I'm the managing editor of thelaughbutton.com. And joining me is Matt Kleinschmidt, the uh, CEO of thelaughbutton.com. I like that. Do you prefer CEO to editor-in-chief? Sure, CEO. Well, we are here post-South By, but uh, we will still be talking about South By because our guest today is Eliza Schlesinger. If you remember, I always mispronounce her name. I'm terrible at that. Oh, I should have had you go first so you can get it wrong. <laughs> Thanks, man. We could poke fun at it. <laughs> uh, but she'll be our guest today, so stay tuned for our interview portion of the podcast. Of course, up front, we're going to be discussing all things in comedy news. And uh, up first is Super Troopers, yeah, part man. two. I'm stoked. I am too. I'm a big Super Troopers fan. So this came across our our news front and uh, through Indiegogo, right? Yeah. Well, basically, the 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 team of Broken Lizard, who's responsible for Super Troopers, actually were talking about a. uh, They were saying they're going to do a Reddit AMA on Wednesday. Uh, I'm sorry, not Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. Shit. On uh, Tuesday morning, and they had a big announcement, a quote unquote big announcement happening, and then uh, yeah, they laid it on everyone and uh, Indiegogo campaign to fund the sequel, the long anticipated sequel. Yes, Super Troopers. Something uh, the laugh buttons covered in the past, maybe two years ago already. So 2013, we did an interview with Jay Chandrasekhar. Asked him, said, what the hell's the deal? And yeah, he said, it's written. Once the snow melts, we're going to write it. It's been a long two years of snow melt. Yeah, I was going to say, there's two. I think we had two snow melt <laughs> yeah, sessions yeah, yeah, yeah. since then. Yeah. Well, uh, the time is meow, as time they meow. say, exactly. on their website. And uh, they're looking for two million bucks. And I think within <laughs> 10 hours, they already had a million bucks. Yeah. Probably by the time this podcast is live, they'll hit that goal. Yeah, I think so. And and that's pretty impressive. And that says a lot about uh, not only their fan base, but how bad people People want to see this movie, yeah. but it brings up the discussion and how long is too long for a sequel to come out, right? So yeah. Dumb and Dumber or Dumb and Dumber 2, I should say, yeah. T.O., came out recently yes. to not much success. Did, did it? I don't remember what the sales were. Did, it wasn't. We'll look it up. I'll look yeah, it yeah, up we right have now. the internet here. Let's do this. Mark's going to the internet machine. I'm going to do the soundtrack to it. Like, do 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 do. Mark is at the internet machine doing lots of internet stuff. Taking a long time on purpose. Dumb and dumber too. I want to see how many uh, oh, verses you got. <laughs> That's all I had, man. That's all, all right. I had. So this thing made eighty-six million dollars. Okay. So what did it cost? In okay, the... forty million. Right. Okay. So they double. Yeah. That's fine. So that's yeah, successful. Yeah. Okay, success. So I stand corrected. 200% raise. That's not bad. But uh, as compared to the original. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And how much money it makes isn't necessarily related to how good it is. The movie is, right? Of course not. So I watched it. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see Dumb and Dumber 2? Honestly, I never got a chance to see it. I meant to, and it just never happened. Uh, I had to. I felt like I had to, right? You owed it to Harry and Lloyd. I did. (laughs) And was it good? It was fine. Okay. There were some funny parts, yeah. and the parts that were really funny were really funny. But what happened is you could clearly see these guys are much older now. Carrie was able to pull it off more so than Daniels. Daniels almost felt like he was overplaying the character. Really? Okay. Uh, Jim, because that's his thing. Yeah, it's Jim Carrey. It's he can get Jim away Carrey with does, it. Yeah. Jeff Daniels, it, it didn't come off as great. Okay. He still did a good job acting. Well, well he was he's like, a great actor. That was like newsroom era Jeff Daniels too, so it must have been a weird, really weird kind of shift. Yeah, weird transition. Right, that, that show is coming to an end. Dumb and Dumb 2 is getting filmed. Uh, but I bring it up because... Let's see, Super Troopers 1 mm-hmm. came out in what year? Do you remember? Can oh, you name sh- the year? 
Has it been I'm, that long? If I were to, to guess, I was in college. I'm saying 99-2000. That's my guess. Do, 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 do. Mark is back at the Google machine. I got nothing. Back at the Google machine. Yeah, we can just edit in post, man. Don't worry. I, I have a feeling this is going to stay in there just because <laughs> you like throwing those things in. Of course. All right. Uh, it came out February 15th, 2002. Whoa. So 13 okay. years old okay. already. I, I, was, I thought it was like earlier. Thought, oh, you thought it was even earlier well, I said 99-2000, yeah. so. Wow. Well, so here it is. 13 years later. We're all looking forward to it. The fans obviously want it. Of course. $2 million has almost been ponied up for it. Uh, and what's the first been, one only costs like $1.2 to make, too. So. Yeah, we were talking about that yeah. earlier. So they're in the green here. They're yeah. going to make a great movie. Of course. Uh, what's been fun about the Indiegogo campaign in particular, they you know they post up different things, rewards or yeah, whatever. Perks, wanna, I think yeah, they call perks. them. Yeah. And uh, someone bought the squad car that they're going to be using in the movie for $35,000. If I had thirty five thousand dollars, I'd buy a squad car for Super Troopers. You would, yeah. Now, I mean, well, first of all, it means like I'm like spoiledly rich. I got like money to spend on just bullshit like that. Right. I would do it. Sure. Why not? Now you got to go pick it up in L. A. and drive it back to New York, New York City, or New Jersey. Road, road trip, dude. Yeah. What's up with that? Well, that's how they're got, selling it. I got the vacation days. <laughs> that's how they sold it. They're like, yeah, road trip because we're not going to deliver that car to you. Yeah, of course not. And someone dropped ten ten thousand dollars to to act, which is always an option. Like a speaking people, role or something. Yeah, speaking yep. role. Okay. I think they get one line, but it's a really good line. They're promised a good line. <laughs> uh, probably like shut up, Farva, or something like that. It'll be. It'll be better than that. Okay. I trust them to right. to hook up uh, whoever's dropping ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So you can you can buy your way into being a producer. You can uh, just get yourself like a bad. But like what does producer badge. really mean? You sit on like a director's, a, a producer's chair. Well, and a like producer look at means shit. you have money and you're helping finance the film. Ultimately. Yeah, that's what it means. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's no real answer. Some that's like a real producer's job too. Yeah. The guy with the money. <laughs> some people are more hands-on. You know, some some people produce and write. Some people produce and shoot. Some Very people. True. But uh, yeah, that's an unanswered question. That's <laughs> that's kind of like figuring out the the formula for the stock market. You know, like what's a derivative? Can you? I don't know. Someone wrote out that math equation. No one can understand. <laughs> no one understands it. All right. Listen, so, my best equation is my South Park equation. Is the South Park equation of underwear plus blank equals equals profit? That's that's about as far as I go when it comes to. Well, that's all we need you for. That, oh, okay, great. And to make sure I'm uh, posting things on the website so people <laughs> and, can check it and out. To, and to sing while you're googling. <laughs> So there it is, Super Troopers 2. You yep. can go to supertroopers2movie.com uh, if you want to get to their Indiegogo page and support the movie. Uh, look, the more money they get, the better the movie's going to be. Yeah. The the cooler shots they're going to be able to do, they the better explosions. actors. Yeah, explosions. <laughs> uh, better actors they're going to be able to hire, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, more um, attractive models. That's important. Yeah. Beer Fest, I guess, proved that, right? Yeah, well, actually, going back to that interview we did, we did with Chandra Sekar in 2013, he actually mentioned that they were talking about writing Pot Fest on request of Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson. What are we doing Pot Fest? Is what Willie Nelson asked Chandra Sekar, and he says, I'll get right on writing that, sir. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, so he did it in almost a Super Trooper's voice. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Hysterical. They asked him who wants a mustache ride, and then <laughs> Willie Nelson gave him a mustache ride. That's completely not true, but I wish it were. <laughs> it made you laugh. Oh, your fantasies are much different than mine, Matt. <laughs> Much okay. different than mine. Hey, man. All yep. right, so congrats to, to the Broken Lizard yeah. crew uh, for... They're, they're well on their way. Yes. This, this thing's obviously getting funded, and I can't wait till it comes out in the theaters. Uh, super stoked for that. Uh, I want to jump on this news story because I think this is really big. George Carlin, who... Uh, 
I, I guess, Matt, you and I met at the, the street naming of George Carlin Way in the Upper West Side Well, of we knew each other beforehand, but that's when we first met and talked about you working at the Laugh Button. Yes. yes. This is, uh, that was the glorious moment that brought we me into the bonded over George Carlin Way. Look at that. Yes. So, from the grave, this guy will give forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. Because his material will be passed on from generation to generation. I mean, it's not necessarily just about jokes with him. It's about social issues. It's about what we can and can't say, what we mm-hmm. can and can't do, how we look um, at society as a whole through uh, his eyes. And he brings to light so many issues that we've talked about since. And here we go. Uh, one of the men that is clearly on the Mount Rushmore of comedy, George Carlin, Getting a revamped website here through mm-hmm. Kelly Carlin, his daughter who owns the estate, and she promises with the relaunch rare and un- unreleased recordings. That's kind of cool. So like Tupac, you know, Machiavelli Carlin. Here comes another Carlin album. You know, it's 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 out there. It's gonna happen. And I'm super pumped for this. Uh, this is gonna be happening on March 27th. So that's what Friday. Yeah, it's yeah a Friday. so Friday. So tomorrow, and you can go to uh, georgecarlin.com. Believe it, is. it reminds me a lot of like what uh, what happened with Mitch Hedberg's website a couple of years back, where they just kind of started putting up a lot of the behind the scenes look at what's going on in Mitch's life, and it's actually very cool because it just kind of keeps the uh, the allure of the man alive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Carlin's definitely, like you said, an icon when it comes to comedy. So I can't wait. Well, when he passed, I, I remember this because I was still at uh, Sirius XM at that time. Mm-hmm. When he passed away, uh, I went live on the air that morning. I must have rushed into work 6 a.m. Normally, you know, I'd get in at 9, whatever. Yeah. I must have went on the air 6, 7 a.m. And I didn't get off the air until 2, 3 a.m. Really? That night. Literally just open Fielding phone lines, phone calls, huh? people calling in, friends wow. of the family, wow. comics, you know, people calling up with their George Carlin story and how he affected them, whether it was directly or in, indirectly. And I thought one of the, the more touching things... Uh, you know, came from the people that didn't know him, and and how they affected their lives, yeah. and 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 of course the comics all had great stories. Yeah. And too many comics. I'm sure a lot of in, keep kicking him in the nuts references and all that stuff. Because he said that a lot to comics. He did, and and how cool he was to comics. He would get their phone numbers. He mm-hmm. would call them if he oh, ever really? saw them or heard about them. Really, or if someone tried to contact George, he would get back to them That's cool. and have conversations with them on the phone, saying, "Hey, this is how I did it. Here's how I can help you." I mean. A guy who gave back again and again, and uh, it, I, I feel bad. But the first time I ever met George Carlin, um, I called him Rufus <laughs> from from Bill and Ted. From Bill and Ted's. <laughs> I find that so funny and terrible at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it was. We, he just looked at me. And goes, kid, <laughs> kid. We got a lot to talk about. Hey man. And I go. I'm Dude. sorry, I had to. I had to. I mean, Bill and Ted's was like huge, you know. Take a shot, the king, best not miss. <laughs> so anyway, he was so cool about it, and he was so funny about it, and it was good to have a, a conversation. with That was backstage. I didn't meet him until, uh, let's see, backstage Aspen. What year is that? He was prepping for his very last special. Well, he passed in 2007, maybe. Yeah, he passed in what, 08, I think? Yeah. And he was 78, 79 when he passed? 71. 71? Yeah. Wow. I I thought he was older than that. But uh, uh, yeah, he was prepping for his last special. And to see him work his magic and Mm -hmm. have the opportunity to to witness that live was very special. Very lucky to have been there and obviously to get to talk to him afterwards about it. But uh, 
it uh, who knew though it was going to be his last man when you look back at moments like that it's really trippy you know what i mean because yeah. you're caught up in the moment and then you know when he passes away you go oh my god i was holy cow i'm just glad i was able to be there but uh this is huge news in the world of comedy more stuff coming from george carlin the one and only and uh this is pretty cool uh, my old playground sirius xm they obviously have carlin's corner it's a 24 7 mm-hmm. channel dedicated to nothing but George Carlin and uh, Kelly does a show on there. Yeah, does and she curate that as well? Or she just she does. Show? Okay, she's, yeah, she's the, she's the uh, manpower behind that or woman power, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, behind that. But uh, they're going to be doing, um, they're going to be doing some pretty special stuff as well. And let me pull it up here because I don't want to get it wrong. But he had fourteen specials. That sounds about right, if I'm correct. And what they're going to do is they're going to air one of those specials in its entirety uh, on location, George Carlin at USC, and that's going to happen on April 1st. So, Oh, that's really cool. What I've always, what I liked about George Carlin too, and, and I, this is totally from a personal point of view, is he would tape a lot, of, he taped a few of his specials, I believe in like the, the 70s or maybe the early 80s, he would tape those specials at the State Theater in New Brunswick, New Jersey. He taped a bunch of them there. Did you ever get to go see... George I've never live? seen him live. I've never seen him live. But he taped them like around the corner from like where I went to college and ended up living. And I was like, oh man, it'd be great if he was at the state theater. And he actually still did the state up until very recently before his death. His death. And I never made it out there to see him, unfortunately. Um, but I've seen a lot of great comedy shows at the state. Most recently being like Louis C.K. on his last tour. Nice. So, yeah. Wow, special place. Mm-hmm, definitely. Central New Jersey, through. kind of right between Philly and New York, and a lot of people, comics go there because it's a nice room. I also want to give uh, Kelly Carlin a shout because she's been so wonderful to me over the years. Uh, it, from the second I met her, uh, I must have got drunk with her and talked for eight hours and just hit <laughs> it off. I mean, she's a special person, but she's been doing a thing. Uh, I shouldn't say a thing because it's, it's more than a thing. It's called <laughs> a Carlin Home Companion. Yeah. And I, I've seen this show, I think, four times in its development and she just wrapped up a run at the Falcon Theater out in uh, out in the left coast in LA and this thing hopefully I want to see it come to Broadway you know, it's like a one man Broadway. a one woman show yeah, it's a one woman show and it's it's her life through the eyes of that environment okay. of being George Carlin's daughter and she tells these amazing stories that you would never hear unless you were George Carlin's daughter yeah, because she grew up backstage with all these comedy legends. Yeah, like Richard backstage. Pryor's daughter, Rain, and her are like really good friends. Yeah, they're really good friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get a chance to see that show, do yourself a solid. You'll thank me later. Um, all right, so what else we got here, news-wise? A lot of stuff. You want to talk T-shirts, Matt? Let's yeah, talk T-shirts. Yeah, let's talk T-shirts. All right, uh, I've never gotten in trouble. Actually, I can't say that. I went to a Catholic school growing okay. up as a kid. All right. So on dress down day, yeah. you know, as they called it, I'd bust out the t-shirts that would occasionally, like I was a soccer player. So I had a lot of t-shirts that had balls, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Ball, references, ball references, if you will, yeah. like uh, plan words. And Co-ed I would get in trouble. Whatever. And big Johnson's, whatever. You always get at the Jersey Shore. Yeah. Oh God. Those, I forgot about the, what was the, what he said before Co-ed big naked, Johnson? Yeah. Co-ed blank, naked, whatever. whatever. Yeah. I used to see those a lot. My parents wouldn't let me buy those. We, uh, they were run, they were rampant in my high school for a little bit. And we had a, we had a, a math teacher who kind of everyone hated because like she was, she ended up being right about a lot of things. Uh, she would make every person she saw put their shirts on inside out but only the guys like women would wear them too but only the guys had to turn the shirts inside oh, weird. out it was very weird so you, so you get in trouble from time to time well um, yeah. there's this t-shirt this guy this promo t-shirt it's, uh, that's Great part t-shirt. of uh, Broad City right Great the, the hit show yeah. on Comedy Central and the first time I, I saw these shirts I was doing a panel at uh, let's see New York Comic Con this okay. past year 
and the panel right before the panel I was a part of was the Broad City panel. Yeah. Everybody came out with these t-shirts. They're all black and in just simple typeface at Broad fucking city. It's a great shirt. Great shirt. Great shirt. So if you're a fan of the show, obviously you love that shirt. But everyone was putting them on and everyone's yeah. walking around New York Comic Con with Broad fucking city shirt mm-hmm. on. No one's complaining. No one's saying anything. Well, I guess recently a gentleman tried to get on an airplane. He was coming back from South by, South by Southwest as, as, as well. Okay. Yeah, so he's yeah, coming yeah. back from South by. So did he get shit before he got on the flight back or was he it got when he f- got off? He got on the flight from Austin to Chicago. He's okay. a New York native. The, they, they, the, the plane had to go down in St. Louis because there was weather problems, so it had to do a uh, kind of emergency landing. And then he, they deplaned, and when they replaned the flight back to Chicago, that's when the trouble started. Okay, so he gets on this flight. Yep. Nobody bothers him. Not a problem. Not a so problem. So there's an emergency. Yep. Now, you've just gotten off a plane mm-hmm. because an emergency landing. Yeah. Had to take place. Now, some people would be shaken up from this. Yeah. Maybe mentally disturbed, not sure if they want to get back on a plane. Right? Maybe yeah. I'm renting a car now and trying to drive. Maybe yeah. I'm just going to move and live to Chicago. <laughs> maybe, in Chicago. maybe I'm now a St. Louis person. Yes. <laughs> yeah, wherever you wound up, right? So so now someone's approaching this guy and saying, oh, by the way, yeah, that, that T-shirt you're wearing, mm-hmm. not cool, man. Yes. Now, now, see, here's where George Carlin is rolling over in his grave. Okay. Right now. Okay. Wouldn't you say? This is the broad fucking city. So this it, is one of the seven dirty here's, words. Here's my thing. I'm not offended by the shirt, but don't expect the world to be cool with the shirt. Like, you, you know, you kind of wear shirts like that and the co-ed nakeds and your Johnson shirts and any shirts with curses that kind of like get a, re- elicit, get a, rise, a, get yeah. a elicit a response from people. Sure. So when you wear a shirt like that, you're like, you know, someone's going to say something about this. This is going to piss off my mom. This is going to piss whatever. I have the Johnny Cash flip in the finger t-shirt. I love that shirt. Great shirt. I wore it to Christmas because I like, hey, why not? Because that's what you do on Christmas Day. Um, but uh, but yeah, so he starts getting into it. Well, actually, he didn't even really get into it. That's the, that's the funny thing yeah so you have more of the backstory yeah, on this. yeah, 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 you, yeah. you've seen the footage i saw the footage which actually he's okay. since taken off of youtube and it's since come down he's taken off his facebook page and it's once come it's, down out, it's out it's out it is got absolutely it, right? so he basically the 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 gentleman the flight attendant um and actually there's a female and a male flight attendant i think the guy was working the door and the woman was actually running the plane and he basically said to him hey can you zip up your hoodie can you turn the shirt inside out? Can you put on another shirt? He literally asked him these questions in a very calm manner. Sure. And then and then and then he said something about, well, I have First Amendment rights, which I fully agree with. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're delaying an entire plane full of people. You're dealing with a private company. No one's arresting you for saying you have First Amendment rights. But at the same time, there are repercussions for saying things sometimes. It's it's kind of a duck dynasty situation where he just got fired from AM the AM A and E because of the dumb shit that he said. Right. No one came and arrested him for it but the private entity that he had a contract with didn't want to do business with him anymore right so there are so what you're saying is is I'm not saying I agree with he bought a ticket he bought a ticket on a a plane yeah now contractually you're a part of that entity and you can't wear offensive stuff what I'm saying is don't expect someone else to be offended by dumb shit you do like for me, as a traveler who hates flying, I'm more on the side of the 150 people on the plane that just want to get the hell get out of there and get home. And this dumbass is choosing this to be a soapbox. So I, I but understand. this is probably the biggest soapbox this guy's ever going to get, right? Of course, of course. So when you're in of that course. moment, it's and I hear your so- side of the argument. Yeah, that's always the case. Uh, look, yeah. there's just other people. Let's just get home or whatever. But when you're in that moment, you're thinking. 
well, then this is where I have to make my stand because I'm clearly making an impact but, but in a then scene. He, but then here's what happened. If you watch the news report, he tells the news reporter who came out to do it that he was giving no options to, but to deboard the plane. And that's not true. On the video, he recorded himself and posted on his Facebook page. So this guy just looks like so an idiot. So the dude kind of looks like an idiot. Yeah. Second of all, he ends up leaving and flying out of the, on a later flight via South by Southwest because he put on a different shirt. So what was, what was one? So he did change He shirts. delayed himself three hours or whatever the hell it was just by just being a dumbass. So like I, while I fully agree with people's right to say free speech and freedom of speech and I think it's so important as someone who runs a website, I get it. But it's like what what was one in this situation? Well, Matt, um, I will say that maybe some people could put into question that the customer service at any airline might be worse than this shirt. Yes. Customer service is terrible. Just so in why general, are you right. listen, you're gonna get delayed ninety percent of the time when you fly anyway. Why do this deliberately to yourself? Well, here's who wins who? in the end. Broad City. Well, of course. Of Broad course. City wins yeah, in the end. Course. So congratulations yeah, to Broad and City. You, and I bet you Comedy Central is already sending this dude like a box full of t-shirts too. Right. Well, he's probably got his own show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Development deal. That's how it works, right? <laughs> he's internet now, famous. So they now, why, why is this picture fuzzed out on our site? Man? That was that was actually a picture taken from the uh, the news report. They ah, okay, the so they report. fuzzed it out. They fuzzed it out. I mean, we could easily get a picture of we the could. actual shirt and just we put could. it next to this yeah, shirt. Yeah, I was just being lazy that day. All right, <laughs> I'll remember that <laughs> as uh, CEO of laughbun.com. <laughs> as as King Judah Fuck Mountain. <laughs> All right, so uh, th- there it is. This, that's basically what happened with this guy. Uh, kudos to Broad City, uh, a great ploy. You make a T-shirt. Great show. Just have yeah. a good show. That's what that's what you need to get exposure. Have a good fucking show, and Broad City have a one. good fucking show. All right, so let's move on from T-shirts, Carlin, and Super Troopers Two, to uh, Will Ferrell, who's recently been honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to argue this one. I can't yeah, argue this one. It's Will Ferrell, guy's of course. been very successful in. Every facet of comedy specifically. Now he's getting his Walk of Fame star in regards to to uh, featured films, you know, like pictures, right? Motion pictures. Some people get stars for who knows what reasons. I'm not going to sit here and run through all the stars of people we maybe are debatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we all know who's debatable on the Walk of Fame. But he's the 2000th, 547th star in just this category in just comedy no in just motion pictures oh okay so he's he's in there under motion pictures but uh it was one of the rare times he was seen with his wife his three kids yeah, I saw that and uh john c Riley came out you know and kind of shannon gave a speech mm-hmm. which is very cool because he was very impactful on on saturday night live of course and uh, where he made a name for himself and i don't know if this story's true maybe maybe you know matt i read that book live from new york uh, Tom Scholes, maybe I, know I believe, wrote it. Yep. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like his audition, like when he first went in to meet Lauren, he came in like in a suit, straight face, and a suitcase. That sounds correct. And yes. and he took the suitcase and just like slapped it on the table. And as Lauren was talking to him, he was answering the questions, but he popped open the suitcase and just started pulling money out of it. <laughs> like slapping it. That's how the, the story deck. goes. I've like, heard that oh, story. It's just well, so yes. great. Such yeah. a great story. And uh, there you go. And Will Ferrell was born. And since SNL, I mean, 
create a funny or die. Yeah, I mean, well, he's a force of nature. It's Will Ferrell. I mean, so many, too yeah. many movies to yeah. name. He's just one of those guys. There's some people that on SNL, when you see them, they're like, yeah, you're going to be on the show as long as you want. You're going to have a great career afterward. Kristen Wiig's another one. When you first yeah. see them, you're just like, yeah, you're just going to Yeah, you're going to move on. You're yeah, you're going to do things. You're going to be on this show as long as you want to until you break into the mainstream. You know, Will Ferrell's just a force of nature when it comes to that. Well, he's... Uh He's had multiple nominations for Golden Globes. A lot of people forget this because they think of him as just like a goofball, like an yeah. old school or, or one of the many comedies he's done. But uh, he has Emmy nominations from SNL, but he also, I mean, he was nominated for Best Actor in Stranger Than Fiction. It was a good movie. It was a good movie, but one that sort of flew under the radar. And it's one of those moments, and this happened to Adam Sandler, too, when Punch Drug Glove came out. You're like, oh, what's he trying to be serious? Yeah, but then yeah. you watch the movie, you're like, oh, shit, yeah, the guy can movie. act. He's yeah, really good. Uh, you know, so same goes here with Will Ferrell. He's he's stretching the gamut. But but his uh, his money spot is, is comedy, This obviously. actually brings up a really good point or thought opinion that I have is like, why isn't comedy treated like it should be treated by like places like the Academy Awards? Yeah. Because like everyone will tell you that comedy is significantly harder than a drama because watch a drama and you're like, oh, this person was great in it. The the cinematography was cool, whatever. Like you can find, you can find good things to like about movies you don't love or dramas you don't like, but a comedy, it lives or dies by how funny it is. It doesn't matter about how cinematography or how gorgeous it looks. Right. It's either funny or it's not funny. And you also don't know if it's funny right away. Yeah. Like maybe the cameraman laugh or maybe whoever's around laughs. Or it's edited wrong. you don't know. Yeah, like you're, yeah, you're it's sitting so on that harder, joke. It's such a harder thing to pull off that I feel like. And comedy is drama, just for record. It's both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're being funny, you're being dramatically funny. Yeah. It, it, two birds, man. It's just one of those things where it always kind of, kind of puzzled me how, like, comedians, uh, specifically people like Will Farrell, um, you know, don't necessarily get the, uh, the break they deserve. Or a movie like The Hangover, which was like. Like painfully funny Didn't get any sort of Nomination for anything There's not even A comedy category In the Academy Awards Yeah I, It's it's one of those things Where I feel like The correlation there Is baseball Right Okay So baseball is just like We're never gonna change Anything ever Yeah Right I mean now they have Instant replay yeah. You know not to talk About sports too much here But but they're very hard-nosed about changing anything, right? Yeah. I feel like the Academy might be the same way towards comedy because then once you open up the floodgates, yeah, but you know what happens? But that change A definitely needs to be made. And by the way, who's hosting all of these academy? Oh, the comedians? Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, of course. You need comedians to do exactly. everything to entertain you and make your award shows actually watchable? Oh, I didn't realize that. But they have changed things though. That's the thing. Like the the best picture category, they've they've increased from like up to 10 Pictures can be nominated now for Best Picture. It used to be five. That might be a bad thing. I don't know. Yeah, some some years it's seven, some years it's yeah. eight, but they can go up to ten. But it's like okay, but never a comedy film. But it's like how about yeah, it's never a comedy film that's nominated. And some of these comedy films make a ton of money. Sure, like Bradley Cooper is in like what he's like a millionaire as his his top four movies are all comedies, and mm-hmm. he's the number one actor in in, in Hollywood. It's it's crazy. Well, all in all, congratulations yeah, yeah. to Will Ferrell. We got man. a little off topic. On yeah, that. no, Thanks it's okay. I mean, we should; those things should be discussed. They won't get changed unless you discuss them, right? Yeah, so, of course. But uh, congrats to Will Ferrell, man, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So now you can walk all over him. You can walk all over Will if that's been one of your dreams. Uh, favorite it Will Ferrell picture? Hmm. What's your favorite comedy? You Obviously know, not Ca- Casa de Mi Padre. You know, you know, I actually never saw Casa never saw de Mi Padre, but yeah. I heard it was I heard it was pretty good. I um, I actually, I would have to say. Either Anchorman or Blades of Glory. For some reason, when Blades of Glory, it was just the right time in my life where it just was the funniest shit ever. Step Brothers 
you know, the Catalina wine mixer. I mean, I'm going Step Brothers. Step Brothers is damn funny because I didn't expect much yeah. because that was that was where he got he to be. The, the, everyone's compla- complaining like, it, oh, it's there's definitely to get a shelf life with that like grown man child. Like Adam Sandler hit that, Will Ferrell hit that. So yeah, I get that. But when I saw Step Brothers, and still to this day, anytime it's on, I can't not watch it. Sorry about the double negative. I have to watch it. Yeah. It's so funny. Dane Cook, pay-per-view, 20 minutes. Let's go. <laughs> Adam Scott crushes that. He does crush Crushed it. that line. He does. All right, kudos to Will Ferrell. Yes. All right, so uh, just a couple more minutes here before we get to our uh, interview with Eliza. All these headlines are on the leftbutton.com. How do you say her last name? Uh, Give it a shot here. Schlesinger. Schlesinger. <sighs> It'll be explained to everybody in just a couple minutes. I'm so bad at that. I feel right. I feel terrible. Uh, yeah, let's blow through some of these real quick. Key and Peele, they're, they're uh, yeah. unbelievably famous uh, substitute the teacher sketch. award-winning Key and Peele. Yes. I should uh, preface it with Peabody <laughs> award-winning <laughs> Key and you. Peele. Well, they're taking over the world anyway. Yeah, of uh, course. Their, their sketch show is one of the funniest shows I've seen, period, ever in my life. Yeah, As great. far as the, the sketch genre, I mean, they're just total domination, man. Yeah. I, I feel... I feel the same way I did when I discovered Key or not Key and Peele. I was gonna say Key and Peele again, yeah, but yeah. Kids in the Hall. When yes. I discovered them for the first time, I was like, "This is the end all be all." I mean, this is game changer. Yeah, Monty yeah. Python, same way. Feels like every ten years or whatever, another group comes around and just annihilates. And there's some yeah, there's some great sketch on TV right now. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, Amy Schumer, Nick Kroll, which just wrapped this week. Yeah, great. it's a bummer that wrapped. Yeah, but that that true TV show, Friends of the People. If you watch mm-hmm. that, that's a great sketch. Uh, that's actually born of the ashes of the In Living Color reboot. So it's like half of the cast. Oh yeah, that. remember that? Yeah, remember they were bringing back In Living <laughs> Color, and then uh, basically everyone that wrote on that show or acted on that show ended up becoming Friends of the People. I mean, there's yeah. there's great sketch comedy on TV right now. In addition to SNL, obviously. right. But top of the mountain right now, Key and Peele, no yes. doubt about it. And uh, the substitute teacher sketch is getting a feature film. A-A-Ron. So funny. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's going to be on SNL this weekend, so make sure you watch. We'll be talking about that next week. He's oh, always funny. Dude. Doug Stanhope book deal. Yes. Crazy. Uh, super stoked for this. If yeah. anyone's got stories, it's Doug Stanhope. Oh, completely. So this just announced. Now it's not going to be for a while. It yeah, looks like April like, 2016. Yeah, 2016 mid year, uh, and who knows? Maybe it gets pushed back. Maybe it gets pushed forward. Uh, either way, it's happening. Yes. Uh, ink to paper, and it's going to be about his relationship with his mother. Which, if you listen to his last special, Beer Hall Putsch, one of the highlights of that is he does a, probably about a solid like you know ten minutes plus about the his mother committing suicide because um, she had. Uh, she had some sort of liver disease. I think it was from uh, from drinking because she was an, an addict and whatnot too. And like it's just this whole funny root of her basically them basically helping her commit suicide. It's dark. It's Doug Stanhope. It's but you know touching. it's going to be that with Doug. Kind of yeah. get a little tie in your eye, a tear in your eye. But apparently that's the entire memoir is supposed to be about that relationship he had with his mother, which is was crazy up until the end. Doug's great, man. Uh, <sighs> Spent some uh, really, spent some good quality time with Doug over the yep. years, and, and it's always a treat just to be in his presence and just let him do his thing. You know, it's kind of like, hey, Doug, how you doing? And then just let him take over. Yeah, that seems like how you got to handle Doug Sanhope. All right, yeah. and uh, stay tuned for the the roast of Bieber. That's going to be coming roast, up on Monday. The Patrice O'Neill documentary was Patrice is, is, O'Neill is doc. Speaking of, of other Indiegogo campaigns, uh, Patrice's widow, Vonda Carlo Brown. I pronounced that correctly. I think uh, my pronunciations are terrible, but. But uh, yeah, his widow, Vaughn, is uh, trying to put together a documentary. She's trying to fund it herself with her director, uh, mainly because they want it to be the director, the 
documentary that they want to make. They don't want to have any sort of outside influence. They want to talk about Patrice's life. Uh, the trailer's up on Indiegogo. You can fund it. The trailer, we also posted on the laughbutton.com where you can check that out. Uh, and Jim Norton, Colin Quinn, all of his New York City comedian friends are part of that too. So if you ever loved comedy in any way, you definitely need to go check out the Patrice O'Neill documentary. All right, that's going to do it for the news portion of the Laugh Button Podcast. Uh, right now, yeah, uh, we spent some time with Eliza. Well, we you're going to make me do it again. I'm queuing you up, man. Uh, Give uh, me right. opportunities. Schlesinger. Yeah. Schlesinger? Schlesinger. I always mispronounce her last name. Schlesinger. I've always said Schlesinger. She, she just unfriended you on Facebook. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Eliza. I love you. But uh, this this interview was great because it was at South By and uh, my mic didn't work. So it's all Mark and Eliza talking. Yeah, but, but you chime in indirectly <laughs> yeah, as, but- as my pre-thinker. <laughs> I did no. some pre-thinking. Yeah, you did some pre-pre-thinking. If you're a dude so. yelling off a microphone, that's myself. <laughs> All right, here you go. <laughs> I'm joined once again by the very lovely Eliza Schlesinger. Was that a good pronunciation? Nope. Schlesinger. 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 But you started out so strong, and it was so eloquent. Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Laugh Button. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Schlesinger. You got there it. it is. Yeah. Uh, well, you have the CH in there. There's no C. Have we met? Yeah, I'm just fucking with you. Oh, you, okay. re- you understand this, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is a m- much like your uh, footnote of my last name is unfortunate. My last name, I always have to go through this with people. Everyone's exactly. got a thing for their last name. So sure. That's okay. Yeah. So I'm fucking with you. you know, the very first time I ever met you, I remember I pronounced it correctly, and you you like immediately hugged me. It's <laughs> like thank you for that. Yeah. I appreciate You're that. In the Hall of Fame with like three other people. Yeah, right. The Hall of Fame. Yeah. So there's a Hall of Fame for people that uh, pronounce your name correctly. I'm just always. I've just resigned myself to the fact that no one will. Even I have family members that say it wrong, and I don't. As, as long as you get the first name right, there's right. nothing worse than an MC that's like coming up next. She's a good friend of mine, Elisa. And you're just like <laughs> coming to the main stage. Uh, it's terrible. I love the uh, the good friend of mine mm. is always a, a classic like which I'm cool with. But then don't fuck up the intro because then people are gonna think you're a liar. <laughs> Hysterical. Yeah. Fresh off freezing hot. Congratulations. Thank you. Netflix. Um, did it feel good when it came out? Were you happy with the result? What uh, What have people been saying? Yes. This is your first Netflix special, right? This is my second one. Um, I'm fucking with you again. War Paint obviously you, came out. You got to work on your delivery because it's just a very. <laughs> this is. Oh, it's too convincing. Yeah, there's just a white guy talking, <laughs> and I don't know. Okay, uh, no, this is your second Netflix. Right, second. I'll be I'll be serious with but you. But it, technically, it's the first Netflix original. The right. The one before it was an acquisition. Not that anybody cares about that. Um, my friend will not stop texting me about brunch plans for next week. Wow. I'm like, we can do it whenever. Are you a big bruncher? Are no. you a super bruncher? That's the thing. It's like, I should have my girl card revoked. Like I'm not, I'm either having breakfast. I don't have breakfast. I sleep or we have a late lunch. No brunch. I can't day drink. And the idea of a bottom, I'm just going to say the idea of like a bottomless mimosa. I'm like, why? Like grocery store champagne and like sunny delight. Like it's never quality <laughs> ingredients. Cause if it was like fresh squeeze and like web or something, it would be really expensive. So no brunch. What was the alternative to Sunny Delight? It was like Tampico. Do you, guys, do you remember <gasps> that brand? Tampico. Yeah. Is that what it was? Sunny Delight straight up tasted like you were drinking a burn. Like your throat <laughs> hurt. It was like this chemical residue. 
and kids just loved it. And then it came in different colors. Oh, uh, we got uh, we got Kool Aid, some water, purple stuff. Purple and, stuff. Uh, <laughs> purple stuff has to be at, like a, a website or something. I was going to say purple purple stuff got a major plug. I mean, that's what people remember from that commercial. Yeah. They don't even remember that it was a Sunny Delight commercial. No, it's the purple stuff. It was the purple. It was all about the purple stuff. Because I remember those jug. Remember you used to call it bug juice. Yeah. You bug go to juice. camp and it was bug juice and like. If you think about the name, it's because you pour, it's just all sugar. I don't know. Purple stuff. We had little hugs, too. Did you have the little hugs with the foil top? Came in like a little plastic barrel and had like a foil yeah, top. Yeah, I remember those. And then there were the big hugs, which were like, you Gross. know, double never, dip in 40 ounces. I never had... Uh, we didn't live in like a vegan healthy house, but my mom only did healthy stuff. Okay. So until I went to school when I was like a kid, I had never seen chocolate milk or white bread. And so when I got to the school, my bread was brown because it was wheat and the milk was white. And I went there and I was like, now instead of having brown bread and white milk, you have brown milk and white bread. Yeah, you flipped that immediately. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> now, day, did you go back and yell at your mom for that? Were you like, no. You deprived me. No, I don't. And I, because of that, I just never developed a taste for like junk food stuff. Okay. Like I love Sour Patch Kids, but I just, I don't crave like Doritos. And right. I find that water quenches your thirst most times. So the 15 story Dorito vending machine that they have at South by Southwest just doesn't interest you. You're you know like, what? It would, but there's going to be a line so fucking long I won't even get to see it from afar oh you've been complimented by the way uh who was it the Grolix guys said Eliza had the greatest take on South by I mm-hmm. guess at one of your performances here yeah and you were just tearing into people that are waiting in in lines that go into another line that just, just circles back into the other line I just I just ra- I started it was the first who are the Grolix guys uh, first ben, of all who gave me the compliment uh Ben Roy do you know oh ben yeah, yeah, okay. So him, him specifically, and then Andrew Orvidal, and uh, last but not least, yeah, cool. Adam Kane. I feel like there's an echo in here. That's so sweet. <laughs> this is uh, my pre-thinker over here. He tells me what to say, but the earpiece is broken. Pre-thinker. The whole thing was, I mean, I went on stage and I was just so angry at Sprint because they have garbage coverage, and so I was just trying to vent, and I hadn't eaten all day, and then I haven't eaten because anything you want to do, my whole thing about South by Southwest is that it's going to implode on itself. It's just this monster that's just eating its own orifices, and all the lines, you're not, you're in lines, four lines, you're in lines, you don't even know where you're going, and there is no end. It's just a circle, and you don't know that you're waiting in that. You're like, I got in line for this interactive Twinkie machine, and now I have a phone charger. Thanks, Samsung. Like, you just have no idea. And anything you want to do, you had to sign up with an app, and there's a code. Like, you're just... Unless you're like here with your company, you are just wandering on a death march. Everything smells like barbecue, but it's not available. You don't have a wristband. <laughs> I got in last night to a bar after my show. So we were done at like one. So okay. we didn't have a ton of time. And it was one of those, you ever have those perfect nights when you go out where like everything just works? Like it just, one of those nights, I mean, I've had plenty of nights that don't click. We walk upstairs and it's a private event and we're like, oh, and this girl just goes, hey, me and my boyfriend are leaving. Let me give you my wristband. Unprovoked. And like, that nice. was like our fairy godmother. And we just got in and then all of a sudden it was just okay that our group was there and they just let, it was just one of those perfect seamless nights. Nice. Until we went looking for food and I still haven't eaten. And this is three days later. Just three days later, but I look super thin. (laughs) I kind of don't care. Do you think there was anything you were deprived of as a child that you wish you had? A father? Okay. No, no. Um, We'll start there. We'll start easy. I was deprived (laughs) of... Well, my my mother's very cultured and and she made sure I had like every opportunity. My mom's a little bit older. Like she had me when she was like 32, 33 maybe. No, maybe even... I'm not sure. Something like that. I can do the math, but I can't. Uh... And my parents got divorced 
when I was seven. So because anyways, my point is because my mom's older, I don't think I was ever exposed to cool things that your parents liked. Like a lot of kids like uh. love Grateful Dead. Like that was a thing when I was growing up. Or if you had an older brother, they could show you like Nirvana or like the cooler music. My mom would listen to like Linda Ronstadt and like Barbara Streisand in the car. So while I have a, like a full working knowledge of like a Broadway catalog, I didn't grow up with an appreciation for like cooler music or music of my parents' generation because my mom's not that into it. Right. So when it comes to music, I'm like, I enjoy techno and Britney Spears and whatever else is on kids fm like i don't have a refined musical palette and i totally listen to edm <laughs> i don't care i feel like you called into the radio stations too is that one of your your moves no because You're again a line never could get through wasn't one of the lucky ones another line man these lines just defeat you I, I can't i also won't wait in them that's the other thing mm. i when did you realize that you were just like this isn't worth it like ever being in a line like did you ride roller coasters and stuff uh, go to theme parks yeah, wait for a, concert tickets yeah I think as a kid it's a little different but I think as an adult you're like look I played by society's rules I'm blonde I'm thin why do I have to wait in the line I'm dead serious like there's just no reason and I can understand no like I can't I there's no reason not to let me in Eliza you have the you you are the formula to win anything right? whether it's the internet you whether it's any job you choose I had never won anything Life. and then I won last comic standing and from that point on I was like oh I deserve things but prior to that it wasn't as if I had set a precedent of like doing well in life like I wasn't an A student I had never been like all state sports right. last comic standing happened and I was like oh okay we'll start here <laughs> We'll start now. I remember uh, when you won that thing, man. How was your first... Do you remember your first red carpet? Did you enjoy that? Like all the attention or people not knowing who you were? And they oh, were, they still don't. And who are you? Yeah. How's and, comedy going? Oh, you won, right? Oh, you're the one that won? Yeah. Now I don't talk. I mean, I was more just for... I don't really talk about it anymore. The first red carpet may have been... Like I definitely did some nice ones, but the first proper... Oh, wait, no. Now I'm thinking. You did a roast. Was it Larry the I, Cable Guy? I just went to the thing. I just went to the event. Uh, I dressed myself. I put my hair up so that I wouldn't look weird. I was just, my whole objective was just to not have anything look bad. <laughs> it was like a dress that I, I think I went shopping. It was like an, I don't know. I got it at like Nordstrom or something. It was fun. You know, you don't know how to be canned. I, and I didn't, look, you get invited to these things and you just go, I don't dislike Larry the Cable Guy, but I wasn't like a student of his work, of his oeuvre. I didn't know about it. It was kind of like, what yeah. are you doing there? No, not even. They were like, so what do you think? What, you got any stories? Yeah. And I was like, I just <laughs> No. And now I'll just be like, no, I came yeah, because I my publicist put me on a list. Yeah, so, but at the time, I don't know. Well, the, well, let's get back to Freezing Hot. Yeah, sure. Congrats on that special. Thank you. It was a lot you. of fun, man. Uh, my wife really enjoyed it as Thank well. You. And she says hi, by the way. And stop running into us at In locations. Or Italy Brandon. or Paris or wherever the fuck we were. It was Paris. You're sorry. Four, You're four right. in the morning. Yeah, it, it was, was funny because after our conversation, I don't know if I ever told you this, but after running into you, and it was really early in the morning too. It was like four o'clock. We in ran the into each other in Paris. I was with my boyfriend at the time, and Mark was with his fiance, now wife, yeah, now wife. And we ran uh, into each other. afterwards, she, she didn't scold me, but she was like, "I can't even go to fucking Paris, France, and you're gonna run into somebody you fucking know." And like, and I was like, and she's like, "No, it's cool. I'm just messing with you." I was like, "What is wrong with that person?" Okay, cool. No, she was super down with it. She just thinks it's funny, man. It is because it happens all the time. But she says hello. Hello. So, hello back to you, Zulai. All right, so back to what we're talking about, which is freezing hot. Um, how much of it was edited? How much got the axe? Oh, uh, not much. Uh, you know, we did two tapings. You always do one for safety. Right. And I always do two because I'll do a chunk of jokes in one that I won't do in the other. Um, pretty much everything was kept in. Oh, great. Cool. Uh, 
because that was very specific. I had like a flow to it. I had a closing bit and everything kind of feeds into each other. It's kind of like one big story that has like several arms. So I don't think there's anything that wasn't in there that I'm saving. Like I'm starting from scratch. I probably already have like a new 15. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, Because the pressure to have another hour is crushing me. Uh, But it was really, you know, you put it out there and you're like, oh God, what are people going to say? And I believe your sophomore album is the most important one Mm -hmm. because that's the one. I'll never forget this. This is my only like music reference. But when Jimmy Eat World came out and they were like the best thing ever, everyone's like, yeah, they're okay. But Denver Mint was better, which was like their first album that no one knew about. And you never want to be Denver Minted. You never want to be like, oh, the first one was better, which people love because they want to feel like they discovered you. But I think it was far superior to War Paint. I think it's mm-hmm. better, more polished, more evolved. Um, but I guess the third, now I'm thinking the third one's the hardest one because that's the one that shows that like you've got staying power. Right, you got legs. Yeah. Now, do you go on Netflix every once in a while and check the star rating? Do you see uh, where you're sitting at? <clears throat> I don't, but I do know that it's a five. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I also don't read the comments because of what I learned from War Paint is... You can have people tweeting at you all day, every day. Love your special. Love you. Positive reviews. Only the people that hate it take time to write the reviews on Netflix. If you just read the reviews, it would look like I was the worst comic ever. So I don't check those. So if you're writing a comment, go fuck yourself. I'm not reading it. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, um, Matt. Take a break from the internet. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah. But uh, what I did was... Because Netflix doesn't share their numbers and everyone knows that, what I did was twofold. Um, And I'm a huge social media interactive kind of person. I put hashtags in my special. So the hashtags are sprinkled throughout. And when I did it, I was very, I wanted to be very respectful of the viewer. You know, you don't want to bombard people with hashtags. Right. And I wanted to make them set specific. So all the hashtags are very specific jokes. It's not like hashtag the color blue, hashtag rainy days. It's hashtag blousey cat, like original phrases that I made up for the special. So people, like I like to interact with TV shows. So I did it so that the audience would feel like they were part of the special. But I also did it so I could track them. Now I see when people are watching it, which is all day, every day, because they tweet at me. Right. So while my Twitter feed is ever clogged with hashtag vaginal puppetry, hashtag pumpkin everything, hashtag fried shrimp. Yeah, pumpkin everything is, that's on my, that's up there for me. Yeah? Yeah, I'm liking the pump, pumpkin everything. You know what's crazy? <laughs> so many more men than I thought like, are into that. Right. And it's a girl joke. Sure. And guys are like, that's my wife. Yeah, that's the pumpkin one, man. That's the way to go. But that was my way of spying on my own fans. That's well, it's sort of genius. Thank you. And like you said, they don't do numbers, so how else are you going to track it? How are you going to know? It's not like they're buying the special off you, right? They're just watching it. Right. They're not individually saying, okay, here, let me give you five bucks for that. They're just watching it. And so. That's smart. Thank you. It's the only, probably the only in my life, like tech savvy thing I've ever done. You know, you always hear like people, these like people who just think outside the box and like what I did was I put a code in or I had this idea. This was my contribution to like new media and technology. I was like, I put hashtags in my special and uh, yeah, I think, I think other people should do it and then they will have copied me, but that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I welcome you to the technology. People copy geniuses. That's how it works. That's right. That's what makes you a genius. All right, Eliza. uh, I keep reading about this thing called forever 31. You talk about it. No, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. It's an empty, it's an empty gift. ABC paid me to write a pilot. Like they do, you know, thousands of people get these deals And it goes out on deadline. And I think people read it and thought I was getting a show. But if you read the article, Mm -hmm. it's just a deal. I wrote it with Cindy Shupak, who wrote Sex and the City, which Mm -hmm. was like an honor. I keep calling her my 800-pound gorilla. I don't think any woman likes that. Um, (laughs) And at the last minute, it didn't go. We have another deal being set up with them for that script. But, you know, as 
I'm, I can say it now. It was like losing a child, but you know, this happens. You write, the, I got paid to write a, the good news is we wrote a great network script. The bad news is we wrote a great network script. So mm-hmm. can't go anywhere else. Um, but out of that has come some other major things that I can't quite talk about yet because we haven't decided where we're taking it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's, it breaks my heart because people were so excited and which, you know, you feel like people are on your side and so excited for that. And they just didn't read the article. It wasn't a show. It was just a script. Now writing a script, did you like it more than writing stand up? Like you're doing this new, you're already 15 minutes into your new hour, right? I, I think it's just a different muscle. Yeah. You know, I like writing jokes. So, you know, but you have to be cognizant of your other characters, you know, especially comedies live and die by having an ensemble cast. That's great. And funny parts. The worst is when you go in for an audition and like the guy just writes himself this funny part and everyone else is just like left to the wolves. I get angry when I go in for auditions and it's a comedy. Cause my thing is bring me in because I'm funny. Like I'm pretty, but there are prettier girls who can deliver lines. There's no reason to waste a comic on a role where it's just like, that's right, Steve. See you later. Um, <laughs> so I get annoyed when you go in and you can tell that just no thought was given to the other characters. Right. I just drove to Santa Monica at like 5.30. Why am I reading these horrible lines? So it was, my point is, it was an ex- it was almost like selfish. Like it's hard for me to give jokes to the other characters because you want your own jokes, but it was a different exercise. Um, stand up, there are no rules and it's just you getting the glory and paying the price. So it was just a different experience. That's a good way to put it, getting the glory and paying the price. So yeah, if you bomb, it's all on you. Yeah, it's all on you, Can't but the glory is sweet. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So, but yeah, I, I like both and you know. You get nervous on auditions? Once in a while, yeah. but because I do stand up, you know, but I think what makes it hard is that it isn't your material. So you can't go into, you can't be yourself because it's someone else's. So I don't get nervous, but I don't think I enjoy that process, especially when I don't like the jokes that I'm writing. Like every comic, I know that they feel me on this. Like you walk in and you, I've done this before. Like if it's been a horrible script and I don't care and I feel like I have like a bond with the casting director, I'll be like, before we start, this is terrible, right? Like, you know that, right? (laughs) And I don't do it. I've done it like once. Um, because you just want, as a comic, you want that bond and that acknowledgement that, like, we're on the same page. We're both fighting against evil here, right? Right. You know this is bad, too, right? And you can't really do that, actually, in auditions for the most part. So it's just you eating it and just being like, here's me. I'm really excited to be playing the fucking pregnant wife of this asshole. Awesome. Oh, I'm reading for a 40-year-old? Cool. Didn't realize I looked that bad. Awesome. All right. There's a good story out there where TJ Miller rented a live bear to go yes. in for his audition, right? I for Yogi the Bear. Do, have you stepped it up like that? Have you ever gone that crazy? I, I mean, TJ's TJ. out there and I love that guy. No, TJ's crazy. He will great. do anything. Yeah, he'll do anything. I mean, look. So there's always those stories. And the best example, I, I remember when I was applying to colleges, you know, you'd always hear stories of like... You know, he went into the admissions office and he shipped himself there in a crate. Or I walked into to Fox and I said, I'm not leaving till you give me a job. There's always these amazing stories. But you only hear these stories when they are success stories. What you don't hear is, yeah, this uh, actor rented a bear and it got out of hand. <laughs> and his audition was terrible. Killed like, two people. There right? was already a trajectory. And there's all, like, he was probably going to get that role. Not taking away anything from it. And TJ's great. But, you know... You always hear these stories about like, just stick to your guns and go in there. But then there's those, it's like a lot of those things, like you do that now, they're going to escort you out of the office. And a lot of the roles that I have, you know, like at best I'll wear glasses and wear a funny outfit, you know, 
sometimes they really want to see you make it your own, but doing stuff like that, it's just the <laughs> percentage of the time it's going to backfire is almost 100. Yeah, almost 100%. Yeah. That's uh, funny, though. Yeah, auditioning's a nightmare, man. I never liked it. it uh, it's almost not worth ever doing. I, I feel I, like. I have a bad Because average. you have to accept rejection to a level beyond just normal everyday life. Yeah. You know, getting rejected in a relationship is one thing, mm-hmm. or losing the baseball game is a you know oh former rejection. You're say losing the baby. That's oh well, that's uh, that's your court, not mine. I don't play in that <laughs> <It's> court. <laughs> so, true. But uh, you, you know, but auditioning and and comedy is such a bigger risk. And people always say, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. But when did you get over that? Pretty early on. I think or? just the rejection in general. Like it's it comes in phases and in steps and. Uh, it is part of it. It was so funny. My manager at one point was like, you know, this is just this is what you signed up for. I'm like, it's actually not. I signed up to be a stand-up comic I and signed be famous you immediately. Up to sign me up for things that yeah. I wouldn't fail at, you douche. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it just kind of rolls off my back now. You know, you go in and I refuse to put any vested interest. You go and you read it and you have to train yourself to just not care. Yeah. Of course, there are parts where you're like, oh, I really wanted that. But most of the things you read for won't even get made into TV shows. Um and a, the, the best thing is to know that you didn't get the part because of something out of your control, which is always the case versus, oh, she wasn't funny enough or wasn't, right. you know, and I ask for these notes. I would love feedback if it's that. But it's like, I can't help that I'm not black. I can't help that I'm not a man. Um, <laughs> You're going out for black male roles, Eliza. I, think you I don't know why I get submitted for these things. New people behind you. <laughs> but that's happened before where it's like, we don't know if it's going to be a guy or a girl. Um, oh, that's the worst. If, if they don't even have their shit together. That's what I'm saying. Come on, man. Like, the, uh, we're not sure if this is even going to be a, an animal or a human. Totally. Like, what are you <laughs> fucking we'll see how bad you look. time? It's happened before where you walk in, they're like, this is, you're playing Karen, any ethnicity. And I'm like, come on. Like, you don't have an idea about what this should be. I just got to wow you. Yeah. Come on. I'm like every, I look like every white girl. Like, come on. Um, but the rejection thing, I just, there's an art to sort of getting kicked in the teeth and like, then you build up a tolerance for it. And I don't know. So when the pilot didn't go this year, I've had an, people don't know this. Like they ask you like, what are you working on now? Or what have you been doing? It's not glamorous like to show you how many pilots get rejected. Right. I've made so many pilots. And that's part of the game and the general public doesn't know that. Doesn't know that like all your favorite celebrities made so many failed movies, pilots, oh, TV sure. shows before it gets there. So I'm used to those, not that I accept it, but like I, we did a pilot for E. I couldn't even tell you the name of it off the top of my head. That's how like compartmentalized the whole thing is. I so think there was a company that released uh, all of Dane Cook's like failed pilots. Like that was a like a release. Oh, that's like shitty. a DVT release. And and honestly, that's just someone trying to make money off somebody, right? And it, what a that's what a terrible. Dick, yeah, what a dick bag thing to do. That's really. I mean, yeah. for that's terrible. And I always challenge anyone like. Like, if you're going to give me shit for that, like, how many pilots have you made? How many at-bats have you had? Oh, yeah. none? Well, so, that's a failed DVD release anyway, so I'm going to put out a DVD about probably that. Probably failed because he got DVD sued. Release. Like, there's no way that that's okay to put out. Yeah, probably not, I guess. Um, but you're absolutely right. People don't know about those failed pilots, um, but to have 20, 30, 50 of them is way better than having zero yeah. opportunities, period. Plus, so. yeah. And then you get, I mean, there's, so it's it's whatever, and out of each, this sounds so, like, cosmic, but, like, out of each thing comes something else. And it's whatever. And then, like, I went out for something the other day. I didn't want to go to the audition. I got this call back, and we were going to, I was at, I did the, the studio test, and then they're like, we're going to bring you back for network, and then they decided not to. But the truth is, like, yeah, that sucks, and, like, you want to make money on a show. You have to ask yourself, like, do you want to be stuck possibly playing that role that you don't even like for the next seven years, ten years? Then you're stuck in that. 
So it's a good way to look at it. Some people just want to be you actors. Could be type, you could be typecasted that too for the rest of your life. Be typecast is super boring. So yeah, so it's it is what it is. Even if you don't believe that everything happens for a reason, you have to in show business. Otherwise, you'll kill yourself. <laughs> True. So everything happens for a reason. Hey guys, everything happens for a reason, right? That's yeah. our sign off. <laughs> um, so we're down here at South by Southwest. You're performing, obviously. Um, do you think next year, like your show, will be in space, and the line will just be up some escalator that oh goes God. forever? And just people just <laughs> drop off. Yeah, people are just know. falling off. They never actually make it to the show. I'm just so disheartened um, by all the lines this year. Did you, see, did you see any shows you wanted to see, or have you checked anything out? Surprised you, or no? No, because I was waiting in line. Uh, I was so tired. Well, you don't have to in. wait in line. You're a pretty blonde girl That's that right, lives in the United way. States. You get whatever you want. United States. Um, we... uh, just so everyone knows, too, Eliza's not even holding her own microphone. We actually had to hire a guy to come in to do that My for her. Hands, so. I to, I'm a hand model on the side. <laughs> uh, you got to do a fair amount of walking around the first day just to get the lay of the land, see what's out. So my yeah. best friend lives here, so we walked around. And then I had shows all last night, and then I just woke up. So I've got this podcast, another one after this for something else, and then the showtime show tonight so that's right you're part of the showtime taping this is yeah. the first time south by is doing this they're filming um i guess a movie i guess we're calling it a movie or special mm-hmm. you know they're doing two specials and uh, do you know who's on your lineup are you in the first one or second one i'm on the second one but i don't know who else is on it off the top of my head yeah that's mark norman yep yeah good old todd glass yeah he uh we were hanging with him a bit and he was just doing phil donahue for like 45 minutes that's relevant <laughs> It's a relevant reference that I'm sure most listeners to a podcast would understand. <laughs> not, a, not a fan of Phil. He's got white hair. That's all I remember because I think I was eight when he was at like the apex of his career. Oh, I just burned a lot of calories. Thank you, Eliza. You're I appreciate welcome. that. I appreciate that. No uh, what do you think the highest compliment a comedian could be paid? What do you think the, the highest? You're a god. Really? Is that what you're looking for when you do yeah. comedy? You want someone to come up to you and say you're a god. No. Here the com- I can I don't know the highest one cuz there's all iterations of it, you know. Sure. Like what's success to you? What's being successful to you? Probably just getting to do comedy on your own terms and having no uh, constraints like no no one telling you you can't say this, you can't do that, you can't do this show. Just having the ability to you know, if you want to do a movie, you can do it. If you want to do a cartoon, you can do it. Just having your own platform available to you whenever you want it and being happy doing it. If I wake up tomorrow and I find that I'm happy just doing festivals, then that's that's what it is. That's not going to be it. But um, So I think getting to do comedy on bigger, better levels at your own discretion. I can tell you compliments I don't like. The thing is, people mean well. I have to remind myself that people aren't inherently evil and people do mean well when they say certain things to you. What they don't get is that it either doesn't matter to me or it's actually shitty. When people come up and they say, um, I don't think women are funny, but I think you are. I think that's terrible because women are funny. There are plenty of unfunny women, but there are even more unfunny men. It's just sure. a numbers game. But to say that, like, that's like walking up to someone being like, you know, I think all Jews are cheap, but you're not. I think all black people are stupid, but you're not. Like, you're still, you're still insulting what I am. So I don't like that. And I know they mean well. They're saying, like, you're better than the rest. But it's still like, ugh. I don't like you're my favorite female comedian. I'm like, I'll go toe-to-toe with another guy. Like, let's sure. do it. Like, so they mean well. Um, so you have to remember that, that they're coming from a good place. Um, so things like that. Uh, but I like, you know, I always take it very personally and take it to heart when people are like, 
because they take time to write you emails and I don't read all of them but once in a while it'll be like you know my my I've been really sick my mom's been sick I've had the worst day I watched her stand up I felt so much better my mom had cancer and I sat with her in the hospital and we watched her special and just knowing I know this sounds so cheesy but like what I do there's nothing about stand up that's like altruistic it's not philanthropic like I'm not saving dying babies is a very selfish art form because I need approval from strangers I'm hoping that you'll pay to see me so I can make money so I can like repaint my living room and buy sneakers like there's nothing uh I guess giving about it but what your art is doing is it is helping people and so when people acknowledge that your selfish art form has done something positive for me that's really affirming I think does that make sense totally um just to know that it has touched people especially when it's so gratifying also because like these are my thoughts these are my inner thoughts every story i tell is true everything i talk about has happened to me which is why i can talk about it you know it's not like pop music where someone wrote it for you and you're like it means so much to me it's like you're 14 there's no way you've had your heart broken this many times so this is these are your personal thoughts and these are your vulnerable thoughts i try to be vulnerable and when it resonates with people it's just you're like it lets you know like you're on the right path and you're on to something so just to know that you've connected with people. I love connecting with people. And when they let me know that that's worked, it's a good feeling. Uh, two quick things before we go here. And thank you again, Eliza, for joining us here on the thank podcast. Um, one, is there something untouchable comedy-wise? Something you can't make funny? No. Uh, me personally, I mean, there's certain things that I just I don't talk about. Uh, we did a roast battle last night. I was a judge of one. And it was the first time there was a girl and a guy and they were both great. And I can't remember their names now. The girl's name was Kat and the boy's name was something. And she was a bigger girl, cute girl, but just a bigger girl. And the guy ripped on her for being fat. And what I, and she like stood her ground. She was tough. And what I loved about it was to me, that was groundbreaking and that we never make fun of women except for like in tabloids, but never to their faces and never in comedy. And the audience always boos if you say anything bad about a woman, but here it is. We're doing a roast battle. It's comedy. So it's already a man's game and you want to be treated equally. And I applauded him for going after that because it's like, Oh, what she can make fun of me for all this stuff, but I can't mention the obvious thing. Um, but if you make fun of a guy for being fat, it's like, wah, wah. We do that all the time. But he did it. And she was like, don't feel bad for me. I don't care. And I thought that was a real turning point. Because if you ever want to be in the same arena as men, you got to ball just as hard as them. So I don't think there's anything in the right context, in the right arena, and with the right delivery, I don't think anything is off limits. It has to be the right audience. You know, you don't want to do a gas chamber joke at a synagogue. But, you know, if it's funny. <laughs> so I think it just depends on the comic. And I don't think I think anything can be made funny. I agree. Uh, last thing, let's uh, let's do a quick Blanche check in. Spacey, <laughs> she's not here because yeah, she's not available. I didn't bring her because it's so much walking, and it's so hot, and she's got very tiny legs. And some venues are weird, so just for the festival, it should be too much for her. Uh, we left her at home. Are they wearing down? Like as she walks more, do they get shorter? She's walking <laughs> on nubs. She's got like she's got crayons for she's legs on her elbows. Just... <laughs> yeah, crayons. <laughs> Uh, tiny legs made to look tinier because she has long hair so people think she has like one inch legs I used to have to pull security I, I used to have to pay off the security guard so you could bring the dog up to my old job because oh my God, that's so he, funny. he uh <laughs> he was like uh, can you can you tell your friend not to bring the dog next time and it's I was serious? like yeah yeah a company named after a dog yeah right it's and ridiculous. so I I was like okay she won't bring the dog next time and then you brought I think you brought her like a backpack or something yeah. like you totally snuck her in always and then he goes 
Uh, Mark, nice try, man. We saw the dog in the backpack. I was like, wow, you guys are on it. Yep. So. Tell him to come talk to me. And once he sees her <laughs> face and her perfect mouth, those little black lips, I'm going to get in that mouth when I get home. Well, I'm glad she's doing well. She's well, good. Eliza, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And, this is uh, always a pleasure. Yeah. And where are you going to be? What's coming up for you? When Dates. Is, when does this come out? Thursday. This comes out Thursday. So uh, I'll tell you what. I will be at Foxwoods, Connecticut on the 10th of April. Oh, nice. Foxwoods. That's a good yeah. time, man. It's a fun one. So, uh, but yeah, New York's the next big one. So that Foxwoods. Uh, and Tempe Improv in April. Go to Eliza.com for my schedule. And follow her on Twitter as well, at Eliza. Right? I-L-I-Z-A, yeah. And good luck with the rest of the 45 minutes. You got 45 to go. I got 45 to go, coach. All right, count Thanks, down. Mark. All right, that was our interview with Eliza. Jeez. You didn't listen back to the no, interview? Come on, man. You're going to do this to me every All right. Time. So th- thanks again to Eliza for, for swinging by. She's always so great. And uh, I was I personally was bummed that Blanche wasn't around. Have you ever met her dog? No, I haven't. She, she, yeah, Blanche is amazing. Blanche is really cool. <laughs> was able to sneak Blanche in, as we discussed, uh, up, up to SiriusXM a whole bunch of times. And I definitely got in a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> but uh, look, she wanted her dog there. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get her dog there. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, so thanks to Eliza. And uh, everyone, thank you for listening to the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us reviews, follow us on all the socials at the laugh button. Go to the laughbutton.com if you want to find out more about all the stories we discussed here on today's podcast. And